0: Window World, the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues online at WindowsKansasCity.com. Many of you have reached out over the past few months and asked why in the world am I not covering all these different states trying to knock Donald Trump off the ballot? And my response has been simple: it's ludicrous. It's it's political theater, it's insane. Why would I dedicate time to something that is so outrageously? unconstitutional and impossible, and furthermore, completely and utterly stupid for one side to try to pull off against a candidate. Now, we know the Democrats for years have been trying to kick Donald Trump out of office or keep him from office or arresting him for this or charging him with that. We've seen that, but we have never seen what happened in Colorado on Tuesday, where the Colorado Supreme Court, without really a case, without a charge of insurrection, certainly without a conviction, a guilty conviction of insurrection, just decided on their own, four liberal justices on this Colorado Supreme Court decided amongst themselves for for apparently no reason, after something was brought to them, that, yeah, the four of us, there's no case, there's been no trial, there's been no arrest. Yeah, we think he committed insurrection, so we're taking him off the ballot in Colorado. (laughs) I mean, this is the most ridiculous, outrageous thing ever. I'm forced to lead with it on this podcast because of the insanity of it all. Of course, this will quickly go to the Supreme Court and quickly be overturned. And that will be that. I think over half the states in America have attempted in some way to try to take Donald Trump off the ballot next year. Look, The the Democrats, the the problem with what they're doing is they have success when they have an uninformed, unopinionated electorate. When they can simply say, race, 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 race. Republicans are racist, racist, racist. When they can just do that and send their minions to the polls, they win. They can do that. Uh, Rich people, rich people, rich people. Fair taxes, fair taxes, fair taxes free stuff, free stuff, free stuff. They get people to go vote. I just don't know very many people that think even the, look, maybe 20% of the company country is really, really, really hard left. And they just love this and they'll do anything to keep Donald Trump off. They just, let's do it. But they don't think about what they're doing. They're waking a sleeping giant. Okay. The reason Trump was elected the first time was because America was tired of what it was seeing. Or as Reince Priebus said, and we pointed out on yesterday's podcast, America wanted a middle finger. Well, how do you think America is going to deal with this? A Colorado Supreme Court wants to keep him off the ballot? Hey, Trump lost Colorado by double digits last time. Why does Colorado care? Well, they care because they want him off the ballot in Wisconsin, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, and other swing states. They want to set precedent and then go try to get action George Soros is funding all this, the billionaire. He filed a lawsuit, which is completely frivolous because there's never been a char- not even a charge of insurrection. There was a sham. I don't even know what you call what they did in Washington over the insurrection, the hearings they had. Trump was acquitted. There's no guilty plea. He didn't commit an insurrection. This is absurd. It's so blatant. In his speech, he said, go peacefully protest. In his speech, he said peacefully. I mean, the whole thing is absurd. This, they they go too far on, apparently there's no limit. I mean, you would think at some point after all this ridiculous, we've had a decade almost now of ridiculous, 2000, we're going into 2024. This all started in June of 2015, right? That's when Trump came down the escalator. That's when it started. It actually started before that because Trump was out there before he announced I remember he held news conferences in airplane hangars where he was questioning Barack Obama's birth certificate. It really started then. So it's been a decade and it's been a decade. And for a decade, they've just tried to keep him from running. They're scared to death of Donald Trump. And they should really be scared of him this time. I've repeatedly said on this podcast, I like Ron DeSantis. I got all kinds of people I like. I'd be fine if Trump just said, I've had it with this nonsense. I'm out. And DeSantis became the guy and became president. I'd be one happy American. Trust me, I'd be very happy, but I'd be even happier with four years of Donald Trump that can't run again. I would love to see him shut out the press. I would love to see him act as president in the way that they always said he would. Just go take your flamethrower to the whole thing. Torch the thing and burn it to the ground. Do what they say they thought you would do, which he didn't do as president. And I don't think he really wants to do this time. I think he just wants to make America better. But I think he will. I think he'll go after judges. I think he'll go after lawyers. I think he'll go after the Department of Justice, the FBI. I think he's going to clean the government out. All of these things are coming if he survives and wins. And they seem to think that every time they do one of these things to him, and now pulling him off a ballot, which is the most, you know, they say Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. There is no bigger threat to democracy than taking people off a ballot There is no greater threat to our democracy than judges taking people off a ballot. Now, if they want to have a trial in Colorado and convict him of insurrection somehow, if somebody thinks they can convict him on that in a court case, okay, then maybe you go from there. The entire premise of this thing is absurd. It's a speech by the president of the United States. He's probably protected just because he was president at the time. But even if he's not... The content of his speech certainly is not insurrection. This whole thing is so incredibly outrageous. And I think the American people, I, I don't, I don't, ever, I never want to use the term of saying, I, I don't think people are dumb. I do think people are dumb. I'll just say it. I think a lot of people that vote for Democrats are dumb. I'm sorry they are. They're just minions. They just follow. They're lemmings. They just, they just line up and they do what they've been told to do for generations. And have no critical thought process, don't look up the issues, don't understand what's at stake for America. They find one little thing that they don't like about the Republican, and that's what makes them vote the other way. They never really vote for Democrats. Nobody really voted for Joe Biden. Those were votes against Trump. That's all they were, whether it was abortion or race or whatever issue they threw at Trump and said he's bad on this. People went and the women went and said, I'm going to vote because I want to abort my babies. I hate Trump. I got to abort my babies. And they vote. They vote against Trump. They don't vote for Democrats. Nobody really votes for Democrats. There's nothing there. There's no substance to what they do. If there was any substance, think about the millions and maybe billions and billions and billions of man hours over the last decade that Democrats, elected Democrats, and people in positions of power like these judges in Colorado. Think of the time and money that has been spent trying to stop Donald Trump? And what if all these people on the left had spent that time trying to fix America? Can you imagine how much better off we'd be? But that is not their game. Their game has nothing to do with doing anything good for America. It really doesn't. Their game is staying in power, and that's it. Stay in control, control the population, make sure there's no uprisings. You know, we can't have anybody questioning what it is that we're doing. And then we just get to rule this thing and do whatever the hell we want and be part of one world and go off to Davos and all these fancy things on our private jets and the billionaire class runs the entire country. It's insane, folks, is what it is. It is absolutely insane that George Soros, a billionaire, is doing these lawsuits in all these states. And now the Colorado Supreme Court has said Trump's off the ballot. As of today, Donald Trump is not on the ballot in the primary. Now. I've not heard anybody else say this, but a strong leader of the Republican party, which Ronna McDaniel certainly is not, Republican national committee, a strong leader would have immediately come out and said, if Donald Trump is not on our ballot, we are canceling the Colorado primary. There will be no Colorado primary. That's out. And we will work toward putting our candidate on the ballot in November in the general election in Colorado. But we've got plenty of time on that, but this isn't going to happen in the primary. Ravek Wamaswamy came out and said, He's pulling his name off the ballot. If Trump is not on it, that Ramaswamy is out. Challenge the other candidates to do the same thing. The other candidates backed. They didn't really back Trump. Well, they did back Trump. The other candidates, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, said this is wrong. He should be on the ballot. The Colorado Supreme Court has no right to do this, and we all know it. It's going to go to the Supreme Court of the United States, and I think it's swiftly going to get overturned, and that's going to be the end of these states challenging Trump. But the reason I've ignored it and spent so little time talking about this is it's been too absurd. It's been one state after another that has tried, and they've gotten to somebody who has a brain or a, you know, a far-left person that said, I'm not going to be the person out there with my neck on the line doing this. I know what the law says, and the law says we can't take him off the ballot. State after state after state has tried to take Trump off the ballot and Supreme Court or judges or appellate courts or whatever, after appellate, after court, after court, after court in all of these states have said, we can't do that. There's nothing legal about taking him off the ballot. It is the true pillar, the hallmark of democracy. The Democrats run around all day long and say, Trump wants to end democracy as we know it. And yet they're taking him off the ballot. There's nothing less democratic than that. I mean, I guess you could be Zelensky and jail your opponents. He just puts his opponents in jail, but they're trying to do that to Trump too. And there are actually people out there that think that he's going to be in jail over these things. uh, Jessica said last night, she goes, what? She sees it. And a lot of times she just tunes it out and she's deeply committed as one of us, she's wildly conservative, but there's just times she doesn't want to hear it or see it. And last night she's like, what, what is this? I said, Jessica, all I can tell you is this is one of the most historic times that we've ever had in the United States of America. It truly is. This just doesn't happen. This doesn't happen in democracies. This doesn't happen anywhere where people truly are free. This happens in places where a political entity believes it has complete and total control over a state, over a nation, okay, when they believe they have complete and total control, this is how they act to close the coffin. This is what they do. This is the final nail. They will jail their opponents. They'll keep them off the ballot. They'll do whatever and say, this is our country. We're now running it. The democracy is done. And the reason you know this is what they're doing and what they're thinking is they're accusing the other side of wanting to end democracy, They always accuse the other side of doing exactly what they're doing. Always. You can't be more racist than Democrats. It's impossible. They see everything in the world through a pillar of race. This is, well, you know what? All you can do is laugh. So we're going to let you laugh here today. There's a guy named Sean Faresh that's on Twitter. and I love this guy. He doesn't look like Trump. He doesn't comb his hair. He doesn't do whatever, but he does a great Trump impression. And it's funny. It's a, it's, it's, I mean, this guy is spot on. So this is for last night after this thing comes down in Colorado that Trump is off the ballot for being an insurrectionist and, you know, all these other things. And he goes he goes straight to Twitter as Donald Trump. This is funny. What a disgrace. Crooked Colorado removed me from the ballot because I'm unstoppable. Unstoppable like Chris Christie in a donut eating contest unstoppable like Rosie O'Donnell at an all-you-could-eat buffet. Now this once beautiful ballot is a sad ballot, sadder than Pocahontas after she received the results from her DNA test. They took my highly respected and beautiful name off, and now there's a big hole on the ballot. I call it a gap, a bigger gap than the gap between Stacey Abrams' teeth. I call her the beast of the southeast. That's a gap like nobody's ever seen before. Keep that spot on the ballot warm for me because I'm going to be back stronger and better than ever. We will make Colorado's ballot great again, and we will make America great again. Believe me. There you have it. Sean Faresh on Twitter, and he is really, really good as Donald Trump. I love that stuff. And we appreciate the humor in this story because it is absolutely comedic. And it's satire. It's comic. It's just it's crazy. I think he's going to get five more points in the poll. I really do. I think a lot of people are going to be like, what? Do you want to take him off the ballot? No, we can decide whether we want to vote for him or not. It's like you tell a little kid they can't have a toy or some candy and they throw a fit. And that's what the Democrats are doing. You tell voters that they can't vote for Trump. They may stick their middle finger up at you and say, you know what? I was going to vote the other way, but F you now. I'm voting for this guy. Don't tell me I can't, that I don't have the right to vote for him. Don't take that away from me because ultimately they're not hurting Trump. They're hurting the voters of Colorado and subsequently the voters of America who see all of this. It's crazy. These folks are absolutely nuts. All right. There is a serious aspect to what's going on with Donald Trump and J.D. Vance, the senator, a uh, new senator from Ohio, right? Is he Ohio? Ohio. Was basically ambushed by an Associated Press reporter this week about a comment Trump made about illegal immigrants poisoning the blood of America. And of course, people on the left thought that Trump was reading Mein Kampf and was quoting Hitler like Hitler used to talk about the Jews. And what Trump, of course, was talking about was fentanyl, that the illegals are coming across with fentanyl and they're poisoning our people and killing us with all this fentanyl and things that they're doing. We know exactly what Trump was talking about. Everybody knows what they were talking about, except people on the far left who want it to be something else and attach it to Trump because they all want to be the person that brings him down. Boy, there's a fun game in the media. And so this lady tells JD Vance she's with the Associated Press and she's all hot and bothered over the fact that Trump is a Nazi, that he is indeed a fan of Adolf Hitler's and thinks of illegal immigrants, even though well, he's a Hitler fan, even though his daughter is converted a converted Jew and married to a Jew. And he did more for Jews in America than any president I can ever remember. Yes, Hitler's his idol. This is a good one. Draw that conclusion on the left, but they're doing that with J.D. Vance. And at this point, J.D. Vance has just had it with the media and he, he just perfectly in a nutshell in about a minute and a half here, sums up exactly the media's game. One, one
1: observation about the press as an organization, you guys seem far more upset about the guy who criticized the problem than you did about Joe Biden, who's causing this problem. you just go back to his comments, though, sure. and sort of using language that we heard you know, during World War II? I'm sure you're a student of history. You're well aware what that kind of language represents in, in historical context. What organization do you represent? I work at the Associated Press. The idea that I am well aware, you just framed your question implicitly assuming that Donald Trump is talking about Adolf Hitler. It's absurd, it is absurd. Why do you think that Donald Trump's language is targeted at the blood of the immigrants and not at the blood of the American citizens who are being poisoned by the fentanyl problem? You think he was referring I think this is ridiculous. If you watch the speech in context and you look at what's going on, it is obvious that he was talking about the, the very clear fact that the blood of Americans is being po- poisoned by a drug epidemic. The, the, to, to, see, to take that comment and then to immediately assume that he's talking about about immigrants as Adolf Hitler talked about Jews is preposterous. You guys need to wake up and actually do some journalism. use language then? No, that is Here's the problem with that question and that framing you are allegedly a journalist, you're supposed to hold, speak truth to power. And yet you're trying to circumscribe and narrow the limits of debate on immigration in this country. What you're doing is not speaking truth to power. You're trying to police the guy who's criticizing the problem so that Americans don't pay attention to the guy who caused the problem. It's an absurd question. It's an absurd framing.
0: J.D. Vance with some truth bombs for everyone in the media that heard and saw that on a day where 12,600 migrant encounters happened. 12,600. I saw online a picture of Michigan Stadium last night. There's 100,000 people in Michigan Stadium. And they were like, okay, this is what it looks like. This is what we're getting every week in the United States. This is how many people are walking into our country every week, Michigan Stadium. There are people in the Phoenix Airport that have been taking pictures of long lines of migrants uh, lining up on Delta flights, getting uh, business. Uh, class seats. They have packages, these clear plastic bags with cell phones, chargers, some supplies in them that the government's given them. And they're shipping them out of Arizona and onto New York. And your government is paying for that because New York's a sanctuary city and Phoenix won't have it. So Phoenix has run around grabbing these people. Texas has now said, we will locally grab them. We're allowing the police, they passed a law in Texas that will go to the Supreme Court saying that we will grab these people, we will will retain them, and we will do with them what we want because our federal government won't. And you want to challenge this? Take us to the Supreme Court and tell us we can't. So Texas is finally doing something about this. They're just overrun. This is, I, I just, I can't even believe this is happening in the United States. I mean, November just can't get here fast enough. I mean, if ever there was a time in our lifetime where we should have some sort of an impeachment or, or, Trial or something that happens—a constitutional crisis in our federal government. This is it. This is that time. This is that time. If we were ever going to go do this and throw somebody out of office and end what we're doing and say this is a constitutional crisis in our lifetime, this is it. This is worse than a war in Europe, because it's on our soil, and is forever changing the United States. And and mind you, I'm for immigration, selective immigration. Let's find the people that belong here that would contribute to our society. Let's make them citizens quickly. Let's get them paying taxes and and having great families here that don't commit crimes. Let's do that. Let's vet these people and let's bring them in. Let's bring in the best doctors, the best athletes, the best entertainers, the best business people, the best stock people, the best tech people, the best workers, fine. Craftsmen, all those things. Best housekeepers, I don't care, landscapers, but let's find out who they are. Let's make sure that they're good and they're safe and they want to come here and be a citizen and be productive. Let's bring them all in. I'm okay with that. But you can't bring bring people in who the reason they're coming is because it's lawlessness. Let's go break a law. Let's go in there right now. Let's just go. Let's just go and we'll figure it out later. And we don't know what they're doing here. And we've caught hundreds of terrorists on the terror list already. And that doesn't even count the ones we didn't catch. So the whole thing's insane. The entire thing is absolutely insane. So we'll take a break from that. I got I had an idea. I thought, well, let's do a short segment during our news segment about holiday gift ideas. We've given you a couple of steals and deals from some of our advertisers, so I've got a couple for you. I had lunch yesterday with Tim Cross over at Cross Kitchens. He's great. And the folks that he has met that listen to this podcast, he loves. He said you're just phenomenal people. And He's very happy to be working in your homes, and he thanks you for that. But he said, "He said you mentioned on the podcast, Kevin, that you're a last-minute shopper, and I am a last-minute shopper. I'm, I'm going to go get stuff for Jessica in the next few days. I like doing it that way. I get more in the Christmas spirit, whatever. My mom likes to buy stuff in August. That is not me. And it occurred to me that this audience is probably a lot like me. And Tim said, I'm like that. I do the same thing. I said, great. Okay, so there's more of you. So this is a public service. Yes, it's my sponsors, but it's a public service, okay? So here's some ideas. One of the things that I asked for is from Amini's. I want the little bowling pin set for my shuffleboard table. So if you know somebody with a pool table or arcade games or things of that nature, they have all these great accessories for 100 bucks or less at Amini's, whether it's new pool, billiard balls, cue uh, sticks, bowling pins for shuffleboard, coasters or things of that nature to go on a table next to where your pinball machine is or things like that. There's all kinds of cleaners, dusters, things for your machine, leather enhancers. There's all kinds of great things at Amini's for under hundred bucks that you can get for the holidays. Steals and deals, baby. So consider that it's not just big ticket items at Amini's. B-Stock is the same way. The most popular gift they've been selling at B-Stock electronics right now for our listeners has been tablets. They have a lot of small tablets or laptops for a couple hundred bucks, sometimes less than that. And these are terrific. They're especially great for teenagers. If you're, you know, I was sitting in a place out in Arizona last weekend where there were two kids at the table and they had those, they had the tablets with the rubber padding all the way around the edge, you know, cause kids knock them off the table and the whole, like they're really safe. When kids graduate from that to a regular tablet, This is where B-Stock comes in. They've got a bunch of these, but you probably don't want to go out and get the fanciest one for one of these kids. And to be honest, if I was going to get a tablet for my mom, I don't think the fanciest one would be for her either, or for me. A lot of us just want something that does only a portion of what a tablet can do. You don't need the -the state-of-the-art. And B-Stock has some at really low prices. Tablets galore. Go grab them at bstock.net in Olathe. Oh, Smoke and Fire, 119th and Metcalf. They package up these gift baskets. And you can look through the the clear plastic over them. They're wrapped. They have a bow on them. They're good to go. This is a gift that you're just ready to hand to somebody. I think you can get them from anywhere from probably like 39 bucks to 89 bucks. They're, they're half price right now. The rest of this week, they made a bunch of them. And they've got a bunch left with a few days to go. So the gift baskets are sitting there on the showroom floor at Smoke and Fire, 119th and Metcalf, right in there by Hobby Lobby. Okay, so if you go in there, what's in the gift basket is generally speaking, there's like tongs, a spatula, some rubs, some sauces, some spices, um, maybe an apron is folded up in there, some uh, uh, oven mitts or grill mitts or grill cleaner. It's all in there. And it's an assortment of things. And you can see right through them and say, okay, this is what's best for the person on my list. They're just pre-made guys. These are the easiest things to go buy for somebody. They're terrific. They're great for a client or a friend or ladies. If you're listening, your husband would love one of these, but there are also great gift baskets for your wife. It's just Jessica loves, Jessica just loves the spices and the rubs at Smoke and Fire. There is no better selection in the city. And you can go in there and package them together and they'll make a basket for you. You can literally shop off the shelf and make a basket if you'd like to. She loves their selection of spices and rubs and sauces more than anything you've ever seen. They're terrific at that. We appreciate Jim and Joan at Smoke and Fire for half price this week. See, waiting matters. This is good for you. Half price gift baskets at Smoke and Fire. Jocelyn's has some great deals on bracelets and necklaces. If you don't want to, if you, if you're not looking for a diamond necklace, you know, some $5,000 diamond earring set or something this holiday season, maybe you are, they've got that. They'd love to see you on a purchase like that. They work on really small margins at Jocelyn's because they can, they can because Jocelyn's to be honest, they've made it. Their family has done well. They're very happy at what they do and they love spreading joy and love. Their prices are lower. Their repair prices are insanely low. You know, repairing some jewelry, something that's really important to your wife or something, guys, could just be a wonderful gift. Say, so, hey, let's go in Saturday to Joslyn's, and let's take this. You've been talking about this forever. You haven't worn this for a long time. It's a family heirloom. Here's my gift to you. They're going to repair it for you and reset it and maybe add another, you know, little chain or diamond or something like that. They do all that as well. But they have a great selection of bracelets and necklaces and things of that nature for under 100 bucks. Wonderful gift ideas at Joslin's, 95th and Antioch in Overland Park. And it is definitely not too late for my pillow. They expedite shipping if you want to get slippers, a robe, towels, sheet sets. There's other gift ideas on there that are really cool, but everybody likes staying warm. Throw blankets, really, really nice, soft throw blankets. Great ideas for Christmas that anybody would love. Those might be, I'm just thinking about my life. I don't know about yours. I'd be pretty good for the in-laws. My mother-in-law, my mom are always cold. You know, a nice throw, nice soft throw blanket. My pillow, use the promo code KKHI. You're gonna save big on that. They can get it to you in a couple of days. Check it out online at mypillow.com. So there's some, some gift ideas, steals and deals, if you will. If you are a last-minute shopper like me. And I love shopping at the last minute. I mean, I absolutely love shopping at the last minute. Okay, back to our news here. And New York lawmakers. This is a good one. Everybody likes Chick-fil-A, right? We love Chick-fil-A. I can't even put into words. For me, it's like Chick-fil-A and Quick Trip. But if you're going to talk about businesses that have regular folks working there, they're not getting rich, they're doing well. They pay more than the other places, clearly. But their vetting process for their employees, their hiring process, and what the employees do, and then the training and the managers and things of this nature, Quick Trip and Chick-fil-A are the gold standards, right? Right? any business would want to run as well and efficiently and be as clean and neat and tidy as these two places. Chick-fil-A is awesome. And I have this unbelievable respect for them that they're not open on Sundays. It has been this way since 1946 when they first opened. And this is in the South where church and chicken go together. There's a Kenny Chesney song, like Sunday uh, chicken after church. That's it, man. It's go to church Have fried chicken. That's Sunday in the South, traditional American values. Let's go to church. Let's have some chicken. And Chick-fil-A was never open on Sundays because for them, it was about going to church and having chicken at home, not at a restaurant. That's not what you do on Sundays. Sunday chicken after church at home. So Chick-fil-A has always recognized Sunday and said, we're not open, and they've never been open on Sunday. No Chick-fil-A has ever been open on a Sunday. New York lawmakers want Chick-fil-A to open on Sunday, or they're going to take away their contract at rest stops in the state of New York on their highways. Well, there's more to this than we're worried about hungry chicken eaters on a Sunday. Let me tell you what New York lawmakers don't give two spits about. They don't give two spits about somebody driving through New York getting a Chick-fil-A sandwich on a Sunday. Because if you stop there, there is almost certainly another option to eat at the restaurant. And if not, there's a convenience store inside the gas station there where you can get a hot dog, slice of pizza, probably a chicken sandwich or one of those hamburgers under the lamp, but certainly some cold turkey sandwiches or beef jerky or plenty to get you to the next city where you can get a meal. People are not starving on America's interstates. So what are lawmakers doing here? They hate the Christians. They hate them. They hate the fact that this company is so successful and Americans actually support, look up to, and respect and admire a company that says, we're just fine not being open on Sunday. And the reason we're not open on Sunday, we are proud of. And lawmakers in New York want to flip the bird at Chick-fil-A. That is maybe the least surprising thing ever. They obviously can't control it anywhere else, Times Square or any other Chick-fil-A's in New York, but they're saying on our highways, on our rest stops, this is up to us, and we'll make these decisions, and they're wanting to kick Chick-fil-A out of their rest stops. This is their way of getting rid of them. This is a pimple on Chick-fil-A's ass, to be honest, a few rest stops in New York, and at some point, I'm I'm telling you, there's no beating them. You're not beating Chick-fil-A. They are not bending on this, and I don't see how, I mean, There are no absolutes. We never say never, right? There are no absolutes. Nothing lasts forever. Uh, You know, Time is undefeated. I get all that. I don't see any way in my lifetime that Chick-fil-A ever reverses course and says we're going to be open on Sunday. I just don't. They'd have to be in such dire financial straits. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Their prices are actually pretty good, too, at Chick-fil-A, to be honest. They could raise everything a buck, and there would still... Chick-fil-A builds restaurants. The one I used to go to in Joplin when I was running, uh, when I was working for the pathology lab and running, I would go to the Joplin hospital and pick up COVID tests. And I went one day and drove through the Chick-fil-A. They have four lanes in their drive-through at the Chick-fil-A in Joplin, four. Because there's probably only one Chick-fil-A in Joplin. And they're like, hey, there's all this land. Let's just build a quad line here and build the biggest Chick-fil-A kitchen you ever saw. And we'll just have the one. It's Joplin, Missouri. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you slow this company down. They could charge a dollar more and that quad lane would still be full. So good luck, New York lawmakers. I hope you feel good about yourself trying to come after Christians. Good for you. You people are lame. Absolutely lame. KKHI and your sports coverage today is brought to you by Back Nine Development, Kansas City's custom home builder. T.J. Volkanskis builds several types of properties. There, he, he does... Uh, Residential and commercial and developmental properties, depending on municipalities, spaces, land available. If you have the land, if you have the thought, he can e- help you execute this. man, these guys are really good at what they do. If you want to see what they build and the kind of custom homes they build, right now at the front page of their website is the most beautiful custom home you ever saw. Go take a look at it. Log on to Back9development.com and see what TJ and his team might be able to do with you and your business. Maybe you'd like to partner your business up with his business and build together. 785-236-0161-BAC9-Development.com Advanced Medical Imaging is online at MedImageKS.com At Advanced Medical Imaging, you can get your MRI or CT scan the next day. Why would you wait six weeks when you can go to MedImageKS.com? Easy website, MedImageKS.com, 785-856-0224. Maybe schedule your heart scan for this spring if you're 40 and older and you've never gotten a plaque score on your heart. This is out of pocket under 100 bucks, but they'll also see all the other organs in your torso. It's a great thing to do for peace of mind. You only need to do it every couple of years, um, and it doesn't cost very much money. Advanced Medical Imaging, online at medimageks.com. They also have a primary care, family care uh, physicians right there as well. If you'd like them to read the results and be your doctor, Dr. Suber and her team and the others there would be more than happy to do that as well at Advanced Medicine. It's all online at MedImageKS.com. And Mike Robinson wants me to personally pass along to all of you his thanks for sending toys to the dealership this year. It worked out really well. Many of you sent right there through UPS, Amazon, whatever, toys to the dealership. And he wants me to pass along his personal thanks to all of you who responded to Meet the Need in uh, Missouri in Northwest Missouri, to help the kids this holiday season. That is an awesome thing that so many of you did. And Mike was blown away. And he says, thank you, thank you, thank you for helping out his dealership to help their local community, Roberts Robinson Chevrolet, GMC. All of our sponsors, if you're still shopping this holiday season, they're at thekklist.com. Thekklist.com. That is thekklist.com. Everybody's right there in one place. Okay, I had a... I had a I've got a friend who's more fun to spar with about sports than my others. And I love all my other friends. The guy you can't mention on the podcast, Big G, Cato. I got all these guys with no names. When I start, when I sink my teeth into and start sparring with a dude named T-Bone, it's pretty good because he has, he's got a little clay Travis in him. All right. This dude sees a story and sometimes thinks it's the Titanic sinking. And he just jumps right in, really without thinking about it. He just gets excited about a story. I'm not insulting him. It's, this is a wonderful personality trait to be the type A personality and see something and be excited. I mean, this guy's like one of the winners in the world, okay? But he gets excited about things. And I think we should all get excited about things. And he'll see stories and go, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. And there were a couple of examples this year where I'm like, yeah, I don't think I see that story that way. Like this Rashard Hall thing this week, I didn't get as wound up on that because I think, first of all, I think the guy's an idiot. Second of all, I think he was kind of joking. And most people took his comments about a black team versus a white team in the Pro Bowl as kind of a joke. And if he is that racist, I really shouldn't spend any time thinking about him because that's pathetic, but whatever. So there's been stories like that. And T-Bone and I couldn't have been in bigger disagreement over Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan sign stealing scandal. This was the biggest nothing burger in the history of sports. Now, I come at it a little differently. His background is boxing, and I think he knows that there's a lot of been a lot of cheating in boxing, and if you're not cheating, you're not trying, so he knows sports. This is a guy who knows and understands sports, was around it, worked in sports information for a while, was around football and basketball teams. He gets it, But I just feel like I had a leg up on this one. I've been covering sports for 38 years. I've known coaches and players and talked to, especially after their careers, the things that they say that happen that go on and all these things. I'm like, this is a nothing burger. You go into every game every week knowing your opponent is trying to cheat you. And if you're not prepared for that, that's on you. So- Harbaugh's low-level guy sending some dude with an iPhone 500 miles away to a Purdue game and sending him hours and hours of footage and trying to break down signs to steal is one of the most absurd stories I've ever heard. This was not a big, huge operation. It was low-level. Was it effective? I doubt it. If it was, it's on the opponent. If that's effective, it's on Purdue. Anybody could sit at a game and take notes and steal. It's just the whole thing's absurd. I expressed my opinion while America was outraged. Mostly America was outraged, and this does not apply to T-Bone. Most of America the media were outraged at Jim Harbaugh because they hate him. He's a Catholic. He's pro-life. He speaks out. He makes them uncomfortable. He loves Trump. They hate him. The sports media and the NCAA and uh, the education system, academia, university presidents around the country, they hate him. They hate him. They hate him. They want to do anything to hurt him. He might as well be the Donald Trump of football. They hate him. So this comes out and oh, here comes the hammer. He's going to miss three games. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's going to miss three games. They win them all. I'm rooting for Michigan. I'm sorry. I've got no reason to root for Michigan other than this. I just gave you my reasons. They. Ha- I don't even like the guy. I think he can be a blowhard. I've never liked Jim Harbaugh. I didn't like him as a player. I thought he's a brat. I don't, I don't, I there's nothing about Michigan that I would have ever liked until this. And I'm like, go Michigan. And you're playing Alabama. Go, go beat Alabama. I'm all in on Michigan. They'll fail me. I feel sure they'll fail me, but whatever I'm all in. Tony couldn't believe this thing, man. He couldn't believe that they were stealing signs and this thing's in. He deserves it. I'm like, nah, we disagree. All right. So there were others like me. They weren't nearly... I mean, it, it, there wasn't much of it. There wasn't much you could consume out there of people saying the things that I was saying that you, this is on you, not them. All right. If I'm the head coach at, at Mizzou and I'm getting ready to play Michigan, it's on me that they don't know my signs. Every week you change them up. So finally, this, this debate is over. Can we all just agree that if Nick Saban and I believe the same thing, I win the argument. Is that fair? If Nick Saban, Bill Belichick and Andy Reid all agree with me, can I just have this one argument this year, T-Bone? Just one. 2023. Can you can can you just text me after the podcast and declare defeat, surrender? I'll meet you on the USS Missouri, we'll sign the treaty. It's good. Can you you good with that? Can you surrender on this one? Nick Saban in a news conference is asked about playing Michigan. <laughs> This is classic. This is the way the media are. This is typical. This is the same stuff they do with Trump and everyone else. It's crazy. Saban gets asked a question that he he look he blinks his eyes and he looks around like the question is, are you concerned about playing Michigan that they're stealing your signs? <laughs> Saban Saban has a very short answer for the young reporter. Uh yeah, not really. <laughs> Not really. And Harbaugh's a great coach now. And you want to talk about the second best coach in America? We can talk about Harbaugh. He won in the NFL. He's won in college. If they're coming to get him in college and his hardest college is right now with the stupid rules and everybody's a free agent, I might be considering the Chargers job. Yeah, Everybody's talking about all these other jobs. Kirby Smart from Georgia going to the Falcons. That seems ridiculous. But If you think Justin Herbert can really play, the Chiefs have shown a little vulnerability this year. Maybe the Charger job is the one that everybody wants. I don't know. I think Herbert has that loser look in his eye, like Phillip Rivers used to have. Like, good player, you see the talent, all these highlights, and then game on the line, you're like, ah, yeah, he just doesn't look right. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Nick Saban doesn't care about Michigan stealing their signs. He said, no, we do what we do, okay? And don't worry about the other guys. And basically said, we change everything every week. Nobody's stealing our signs. What Nick Saban was going to say isn't going to happen. We're not going to line up against Michigan, and Harbaugh is going to know what we're doing. Every play by our signs, not going to happen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, which I've said all along. And baseball is the same way. You can steal a sign occasionally in baseball, but a lot of times when you do, you got lucky. You guessed and you guessed right. What the Astros did was entirely different. They had a live system of cameras and beepers and electronic communications to know what the pitch coming in was. And a relay system for a guy on second base to be able to signal to the hitter what the pitch was. And it happened instantly. Like a two would go down. It's not that simple. Two for curveball, right? But they would know the signals. They would study what they're doing. And then through the video, the second the signal went down, the beeper would go off as to what the pitch was. The signal would go from the dugout to the guy at second base. He'd tug his ear and tell the batter, this is a curveball. And while the pitcher's in the stretch, waiting that two or three seconds, he would now know what pitch is coming. That's what That's what the Astros did. That's bad. That's bad. That's in-game cheating using electronics. That's awful. That's not scouting. Thank you, Nick Saban. I'll, uh, I'll just go ahead and claim victory that Nick Saban, Andy Reid, and Bill Belichick agree with what I said about the sign stealing and shame on the NCAA for suspending that coach in season and trying to alter what we have here for a college football playoff that for that reason alone I'm rooting for Michigan at this point oh Chiefs news this is fun Tay-Tay is going to be in Kansas City for Christmas Taylor Swift will be here with Travis Kelsey to celebrate Christmas oh she could be here New Year's Eve too uh, so you can plan on New Year's Eve being wild somewhere and closed down and Kelsey and Taylor Swift owning the place. That's gonna happen. Bernie Kozar went on a radio station in Cleveland and said he was in Kansas City for the game against the Chargers earlier this year, and he was at Kelsey's house pregame, and Taylor Swift made was that a was that like a three o'clock game? Yeah, it was a later game that day. So he stayed home a little later, and Taylor got up and baked cinnamon rolls. For everyone, Taylor Swift made cinnamon rolls. Bernie Kosar is a Cleveland icon. Kelsey grew up a Kosar fan, all that stuff. So having Bernie Kosar in his home, I'm sure, and Taylor Swift is like a dream come true for Travis Kelsey. And so he did. And before they went to Arrowhead, before the game, Tay-Tay made cinnamon rolls. And Bernie Kosar has said, he's gone like all vegan and done all this stuff. He's like, I broke down on these cinnamon rolls. They're the best cinnamon rolls I've ever had. So we now know that about Taylor Swift. She makes the best cinnamon rolls on the planet. I feel really great about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl because now Blaine Gabbert says the Chiefs will. Have a great chance at this. Remember, Blaine Gabbert is the Chiefs' backup quarterback, if you'd forgotten. Some people confuse Drew Locke and Blaine Gabbert. That's, I guess, understandable in some ways. But Gabbert did an interview this week and said, oh, no, 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 what's going on here in Kansas City is exactly like what we went through in Tampa when we won the Super Bowl. He was the backup to Brady when they beat the Chiefs. And he's like, no, it's the same thing. You got a quarterback who's won Super Bowls. You got all this stuff going on. You got turmoil in season. It hasn't all clicked. And then look what we did. And they largely did it with their defense. And the Chiefs can do it with their defense too. I like what Gabbard said. I don't think I I I don't think I feel as good agreeing with Blaine Gabbard as I do agreeing with, let's say, Nick Saban but I'm cool with it. It works for me. What he's saying makes some common sense. So I'm good with that. Story after story after story nationwide by baseball writers out there on different websites is saying the Royals are going to be good this year. Not necessarily playoff good, but certainly could make the playoffs. They have revamped the pitching staff. They have spent millions and millions of dollars. They're, they've gotten rid of a, whole bunch of players that they apparently didn't like very much and they're out the door. So we like that part of this. We like hearing those stories. That's fun. Every single one of them says it may be short lived because all these contracts the Royals are giving are basically one year deals with a player option the next year, which is the right thing to do. Give a whole bunch of money for one year, give the player the option to stay or go depending on how the experience went. All right. So they have the option and control, nothing real long-term that saddles you for a next wave. We're going to find out if Piccolo and his guys know how to put a team together, whether this manager can manage. All of these things are true. I think this is exactly what the Royals should be doing right now because they've been pitching a long-term deal for five years and it hasn't worked. Go let Bobby Witt come along. Let the other players come along, bring in some veteran studs, and let's go out and see if you can go 81 and 81. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be a fun season in Kansas City. But everybody thinks the Royals could be good this year, but it may be a one-hit wonder that a lot of these players may opt out after one year. We'll see. There's a very interesting story that Diamond Sports, which is Bally Sports, where the Royals are televised, that they are working on a deal with Amazon to be the exclusive digital partner of the teams that Diamond Sports represents. The Royals are one of those teams. Diamond Sports has 11 teams total but only five of them in the contract as Diamond Sports own the digital rights. The Royals are one of those five. So Diamond can put the Royals on any, plat- any streaming service that they want. And they're working on a deal right now with Amazon to put all five teams on Amazon for the entire year. So a lot of you have said, well, I don't have cable anymore. I don't have Bally Sports. I don't have this. I don't get Royals games. If they're better this year, tons of people have Amazon. If you are an Amazon Prime member, and you've never streamed Amazon, you get it free. If your wife shops Amazon and she's a Prime member, you get Prime video free. It's just free. You just got to learn how to do it, dudes. If you don't stream stuff, you just got to learn how to do it on your TV. Your TV will do it. And if it doesn't, you can get a TV at B-Stock for like 300 bucks. You'll be fine. You watch all the Royals games. Sounds like this is going to happen. Question is, will the other six teams, the total of 11, be on there? We don't know that yet. But the Royals certainly would be one of the five that they have the digital rights to. So I think that's exciting for a lot of people. That will put the Royals on in more homes this year. That'd be be a good thing. It's National Signing Day for college football. The Missouri Tigers are absolutely killing it. This podcast will never be a recruiting podcast, and I'm not going to go up and down the list of all the players. I can just tell you we've never seen anything like this. I got buddies of mine, Mizzou fans are like, I have never been more. Oh my God. Eight weeks ago, they wanted to fire Eli Drinkwitz. Eight weeks ago, they wanted to fire him. And I'm not kidding you. Every single one of them right now is the same thing. National title. College football playoff, national title. This is the greatest time ever in the history of Missouri athletics. And this is the most excited they have ever been in their lifetime about Mizzou football. Now, you know me in recruiting. I believe in recruiting. I think you got to recruit well. I think you do, but I don't believe in all the stars and all the rankings and all those things. I just don't. There's just too many complex things here, especially in this era. You bring in highly recruited players, and we're seeing this all over the country, and they don't get on the field their first year, they all transfer out. They're gone. They're just gone. They're going to somewhere who promises them they'll play. Or if you brought them in and you promised them they're going to play their freshman year, what do they look like their freshman year? That's also a problem. There's a lot of issues here that we just haven't worked our way through because everybody's a free agent every year now. But I am not holding back in this. I am as optimistic for Missouri football as I can remember. Now, I think Gary Pinkle was actually, in so many ways, a better coach than Eli Drinkwitz. But that doesn't matter. Eli's playing in the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State. He's got these recruits coming in. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of money people behind this at Missouri, and they're paying players, which is great. That's what the game is. And if you're in the SEC and you're spending money on players and getting big-time players like Alabama and Georgia and LSU to compete, and you're going to keep Tennessee down, and you're going to keep Florida down, and keep Kentucky down, and keep down all these other teams, God bless Mizzou. Go do it, man. Go do it. I think it's exciting as hell. Kansas State is building its best class ever. Chris Kleiman has told people he's close to that a lot of the players, they have had a million transfer out. Almost all of them have wound up at like Bowling Green or wherever. They've gone down a class, Illinois State. Uh, That Chris Kleiman had players on his roster that he has pushed out. And they're killing it. Their high school kids are four stars. Their transfers that are coming in are really good players, highly rated in the transfer portal. So they're doing well, too. I don't think they're doing as well as Missouri. But by K-State standards, they're doing very well this year in recruiting. Kansas is having a very good recruiting class, much better than what they've done in the past. But I don't really think, certainly not the level of Missouri and probably not K-State. And for some reason, KU is not very active in the transfer portal. They don't seem as interested in that. I like that about Lance Leipold, if it works. Clearly means he plans on being there a while, and he's going to try to do it and build trust and faith with his players. It absolutely can work. And he didn't lose players to the portal this year. But how they do that, they're saying, listen, instead of spending money in the portal, let's spend money on retention. This is what Deion Sanders said he was going to do at Colorado. We're going to get players here. And the good ones, we're going to make them rich. We'll pay the ones that are good and that are playing. And maybe that's what Leipold's strategy is here. Let's recruit the way we always have. Let's get better players. And the ones that really produce and are playing, let's make sure we take really good care of them and they don't transfer somewhere else. Maybe that's what he's doing, but it's de- definitely different than the way they're they're doing. I'm not saying it's wrong because we don't know. No, Nobody can predict what's right and what's wrong in college football right now. Can't be done. Really interesting National Recruiting Day. Our final final is brought to you by Fry Orthodontics, online at fryorthodontics.com, where your smile is just the start. Buck Disposal is online at buckdisposal.com. Get it dumped now. Don't deal with call centers in Chicago or out of town. They'll even work on Saturday and Sunday. To get rid of your stuff with Buck Disposal, 913-242-7695. And IdealHealthKC.com is regenerative medicine. Consider over the holidays while you're off, if you have pain, or you've been dealing with something that's chronic, scheduling an appointment with Dr. Kip Van Camp in Shawnee. He'd love to have your body's tissue work for you or your blood work for you. Wherever your pain is, whether it's joints, knees, back pain, chronic illness, pills and shots haven't worked, Your body can fix itself in so many cases. Call 913-745-5300, IdealHealthKC.com. Our final final is the great Rod Stewart. He has a home in Hollywood Hills that he bought in 1991 for $12 million. And he has lived there 32 years. And it's been on the market most of this year. He listed it for $70 million. He still likes the home. It's massive, 28,500 square feet. It's everything you think it would be. It is perfect for a celebrity because it's completely secluded. This is everything you could possibly want if you lived in Los Angeles and you were Rod Stewart, which is why he has raised the price from $70 to $80 even though it hasn't sold. He said, you know, I don't really want to sell this. And I've said, I'm only selling it for the price that I'm asking. And my kids don't want me to sell it. And he just signed a deal to do a residency in Las Vegas this year in 2024. And because he's going to be doing that, he's going to need his LA home a little bit, but he doesn't live there full time. And he doesn't use it as much as he once did when he was partying in LA. He's an older dude now, right? And he he would like to sell it, but he says he's going to get his price and he's just attached to the home. He's had the home for 32 years, folks. That's pretty cool. Rod Stewart's house is for sale. If you want it, don't offer him 79 million because he's not taking it. He's only taking $80 million for his home in Hollywood Hills, California. As always, thanks for hitting that play button at KKHI. You are incredible. Please tell your friends about it. Hit the like, follow, or subscribe button if you haven't. At Kevin Keatsman has issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at KKHasIssues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the KKList.com.
1: This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.